0: Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people with the power of your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today, because we heard wonderful singing in place of the psalm, I would like us to take out our bulletins and read together the text of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Our weekend at Trinity began yesterday by hosting our diocesan confirmation service. Several hundred people visited this space and with them they brought witness and testimony about all that God had done for them and how God continues to call them into greater life. Twenty-two of those people who were newly confirmed, received, or reaffirmed out of the total hundred, Twenty-two our members of our cathedral congregation the spirit of god's generosity was everywhere we gathered and as the people of the diocese of arizona to recognize this generous spirit of god it was wonderful and exciting to see how god dwells in this space and today we have an equally special occasion mother's day A day we celebrate our mothers and anyone who has acted like a mother towards us. These people might be our biological mothers, but we might as well honor and remember anyone, female or male, who has served as a source of light and love in our own lives. We give thanks for them, for who they are as human beings, and for them being able to put up with us through all these years. Like the time we were chased by a dog on our walk to school. We were so scared, so you helped us overcome our fear by taking us to meet the dog and its owner, and then you walked with us all the way to school. Or like the time when you trusted us to use the iron, carefully, judiciously, to apply an iron-on transfer, to a brand-new, white karate uniform. You trusted your kid to be wise and industrious, but instead what resulted was a big, brown, scorch spot on the right shoulder of the karate uniform and melted carpet. Or maybe you put up with us when we were teenagers and thought we knew everything. Even when we claimed we knew how to put the car into reverse and back up the car without realizing that the garage door was still closed. Yes, mom, you put up with a lot. The abundance of God's love, that generosity of spirit that our mothers have shown towards us. The love we've received from all who have been a motherly presence. That's the love that we honor and remember today. Julian of Norwich, a visionary from the 15th century, says that motherly love is actually God acting, living, moving among us. She writes this, our highest father, God, wanted the second person, Jesus, to become our mother, our brother, our savior. It is thus logical that God, being our Father, be also our Mother. Our Father desires, our Mother operates, and our good Lord the Holy Spirit confirms. We are thus well advised to love our God through whom we have our being, to thank God reverently and to praise God for having created us. And to pray fervently to our mother, so as to obtain mercy and compassion. And to pray to our Lord, the Holy Spirit, to obtain help and grace. The 15th century. She continues by writing, I then saw with complete certainty that God, before creating us, loved us. And God's love never lessened and never will. With God's creation, we started. But the love with which God created us was in God from the very beginning. And in this love is our beginning. A love that is never lessened and never will. Definitely the love of a mother or the love of a mothering presence. And like the qualities that Julian of Norwich writes about God's love, it's truly easy to see how today we read on this Mother's Day from Psalm 23 and John chapter 10, all about the good shepherd. But there's one line in Psalm 23, one phrase that we sometimes don't stop and think about. Many people will always say that Psalm 23 is about God giving us everything we need and keeping us safe. But that little line in verse 3, the one that we see in our translation, either traditionally, he restoreth my soul, I think ours today says, he revives my soul. That little line in the original Hebrew is, nafshi Yashovev." nafshi yashovev, which tells us that God gives us our life back, that God returns us, returns us back to our source, to the best self we've ever been. And God returns us not just to the self we are at church or the one we are at home or the self that we are with our friends or somehow our hidden self that no one else sees. Actually, God returns and restores us and gives back our full selves, our entire nafesh, our soul, our sacred essence of the life force that dwells within us, our buriedness. God gives it all back to us as our shepherd, as our restorer, as the one who gives us the fullest life imaginable. Psalm 23 is unique. It's short, but it covers so much. And its overriding theme is one of confidence and restoration and trust. One that tells us that God's faithful, that our faithful God follows us into the light places and also into the dark places we go. But the quality of God that we can appreciate is one like a good shepherd, one like a great mothering figure, one that sets us back upright whenever anything runs amok, whenever anything falls apart. I don't say this lightly because it's very easy for preachers to stand up here and to offer platitudes on Psalm 23. But that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to convey how Jesus tells us in John's gospel, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But sometimes the way that works gets shrouded in a lot of our own questions, a lot of our own fear, and a whole lot of mystery. Take the situation we're hearing about right now in Africa. 230 young girls kidnapped from school, disappeared. A terrorist group is claiming they're going to be sold, removed totally from their everyday lives. Are they still alive? Where are they? What are their parents feeling right now? We don't know. And we also don't know how such events like this will affect us. Will they cause our families to love our children more? Perhaps, hopefully so. Will it make us fearful of strangers? It might. Will we be changed from this news? Yes, we will. But all is still yet to be revealed. We don't know how this is going to end up. But we do know that God returns us, all humanity, back into life in some form. With mothering grace and leadership, God walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death and takes us to a place where we feel safe dining with our enemies And we're doted upon in some way or another with such abundance and grace and blessing that our hearts get so full, our emotions literally spill over. We're overcome with tears of joy. But today we wait in solidarity and in great hope with the families of the young women in Nigeria. We wait and we expect the Good Shepherd to be faithful to us through all of this. A, year, a few years ago, when I was uh, newly ordained, I had to preside over a funeral of a double homicide. It was brutal. An older couple from my church was killed by one of their relatives. Sadness was everywhere. The media was all over the churchyard. People packed the church. 500 people were there. It was crazy. And the preacher that day told a story about how the Good Shepherd, this imagery of God's mothering faithfulness, how even in the midst of a very dark situation, how this might actually work. And how we might actually imagine ourselves living a bit more fuller into the life of God that we only get to glimpse at. And here's what she said. I'll tell the words in her story. A few years ago, when I was in the Holy Land, I went on a special excursion with a small group. We were seeking God in the midst of the vast and arid Judean desert. It was a strange landscape for us and observing the local Bedouins who made the desert their home, it seemed like a hard life was made even more difficult by the climate. Anyway, in the distance, I saw a young Bedouin girl with a flock of sheep. The land was sandy and dry. It was hard to imagine how survival was even possible. All I can see is sand and rock for miles, And this young woman who is uh, shepherding the sheep, she turns and she starts leading the sheep on a trail. It seems like they're going up this really big hill. Looked really steep and it wasn't an easy climb, really dangerous. Why on earth would this young woman go that way? It's a road to nowhere. I was curious. So I asked our driver to pull the car over and I got out. I set off after the girl and her sheep to see where in the heck she was going. It was late in the day, and we really should have set back to Jerusalem, but something told me I had to follow this shepherd and her flock. So I did. I had to climb this very rudimentary and steep trail, and I was out of breath and worn out and tired, but I kept going. And when I arrived at the top, those jagged rocks slowly flattened out and a green meadow emerged with the spring in the distance. And the sheep had already found their source of water for the evening. The girl was there with her sheep, but she was laying in the field. They had all arrived to safety, to a place of refreshment, a place in that barren wilderness of a desert, a place I had never thought possible. This, my friends, is a true story. And believe it or not, it's our story about a God that loves us like a mother and cares for us like a good shepherd, one who is faithful to us through thick and thin and one who will always give us back, or rather, one who will always return us back to our true lives and our true selves. A true life where we remember that we are members of the household of God, all one human family, relying on the goodness and the faithfulness of our Good Shepherd, one who puts up with dog bites and burnt carpet and a busted-up garage door. Jesus, our shepherd, our brother, our savior, and our nurturing mother. The hymn writer Isaac Watts gets this spot on when he says, When we arrive into God's family, When we have arrived into this greater life, when we have arrived at the Good Shepherd's place, we can just be and find a settled rest while others go and come. No more a stranger or a guest, but like a child, like a child at home. Happy Mother's Day.